welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Our goal is to provide you with a way to listen to real conversations on work by real SLPs. We are full-time SLPs in the trenches. These are honest conversations by SLPs for SLPs. This is a podcast to discuss work, life, and taking care of ourselves in a profession full of ups and downs. Today's topic, don't let email ruin your life. I'm Sarah and with me is Sari. We are both SLPs who love to talk about ways to make our work lives and even our out of work lives healthier, more content and calmer. And I'm Sari, a clinical fellow just figuring things out in my first year as a speech language pathologist. I'm learning a lot this first year and becoming more skilled at balancing my work life with the rest of my life by doing this podcast, and I hope that you are too. This podcast is a place for conversations about what it's really like to work as an SLP. By listening to these conversations, I hope we can all feel less alone, less isolated, and more empowered to be great SLPs. This week, we have another listener question. The question is this, what work settings do you both work in? It's a great question and a really good way to get to know us. I think this is a great one. So to answer the question, I have several part-time jobs that lead to full-time work, and there are a few main components. First, private practice, working with a mostly pediatric population, although I do work with some adults. Also, telepractice, which is using video conferencing to provide service, both for school contracts and private practice clients. A school contract for me means working in rural schools where they aren't able to find an SLP to work there in person. And just to add in another element, I also do short-term SLP travel assignments. For me and where I'm at in my career right now, it's a fun challenge and it's a fun mix of things, but it's a lot. I don't plan on balancing this much for my entire career. It's exactly what I want to be doing for now, though, and keeps me on my toes, and it keeps my job varied, which I love. It's also why I talk a lot about taking care of ourselves and taking good care of ourselves, because balancing all these jobs is usually pretty fun, but it's never easy. Juggling so many elements can be tricky. My planner is my best friend. I have to have things scheduled in, especially family time and time to exercise, or it just doesn't get done. That's certainly true. So I work for a school district where I literally serve every grade level across a wide spectrum of needs. I have students from kindergarten to transition, which is what we call our after high school program. So I have ages 5 to 21. And I work at three different schools with some amazing students, and I've been learning a lot this first year. I currently serve a lot of students who need augmentative and alternative communication systems, and I was really nervous to start out my first year serving this population, but it has been amazing. I've been learning a lot, and it's been great seeing students learning to communicate, some for the first time. So that answers our listener question. Which brings us to our next topic, the ever-dreaded email. Uh-huh. It's something we've all been thinking about, maybe stressing about, and definitely spending a lot of time on in our work lives lately. 
So I'm passionate about email. I honestly didn't realize this until, Sari, you and I were texting back and forth about the work email topic and how much time it can take and how stressful it can be. Yes, I'd been working on progress reports lately, and while chipping away at at them, it seemed like every few minutes I would hear my email chime, and I'd start feeling anxious just knowing that once I'd gotten through the progress reports, I'd have all of those emails to comb through. Mm, Down with the email ding. I don't think emails should make noise at all, and I have all my sounds and notifications turned off. They drive me batty. An email really sucks you in, even without the ding, but with the (laughs) ding, it just causes this immediate stress and action response. So, no dings. Yes. It's like an automatic reaction to the email chime, and it's to check and see what that email is. It makes you check your email more than you need to, and just causes more stress and gets you off task from whatever you were doing before. As far as how often to check email, when I started my job, I started out checking my email pretty much during every break I got, and I learned pretty quick that that wasn't a good idea. I know. I did that, too. When I was first starting out, every spare moment that I wasn't with a client, I would be checking my email, and it's just not a good thing. So now I still check my email way too often, and it's a huge goal of mine to check less often. So not only does email get us off track, but it causes undue stress during the workday. I was hoping to share a little story of how I discovered how stressful email was in my own workday. So I recently did an exercise where I tracked what I was doing each hour of my workday and how I was feeling. It was a simple chart with the hours of the day, the task and checks and minuses, and it, I did it as a part of a class I was taking. So it was an awesome activity. It was so illuminating because one of the big things I got from it was how much email was putting me off track and how often it was stressing me out. If someone emailed me, their task felt urgent, even when it wasn't. It really did derail my day, especially when I was checking multiple times throughout the day. So I learned email was the source of much of my workday unhappiness, and I had no idea. So since then, I've made a lot of changes and I've still got a ways to go, but I think what I've learned about email may be helpful for you. So this episode, we're sharing what we are trying out to streamline our email. We're not coming at it as experts, but as real SLPs with real email problems. So let's get to it. We have six tips for dealing with email that have helped us, and we are sharing them here in hopes that they will help you too. Sari, I just realized this is our sixth episode and we have six tips. <laughs> so I think that's really cool. Maybe I'm a nerd, but I love it. Well, if you're a nerd, I am right there with you. So we're in it together. Okay, power to the nerds. All right, starting out with our first tip and one of my favorites, turn off all notifications. We just chatted a bit about why I did this for my own computer and cell phone, so I'll get right to exactly what I did so I don't get notifications and dings. For your laptop or desktop, go into your settings and remove those notification chimes and dings. My calendar will still make dinging noises because I want to know if I have an appointment or a scheduled phone call or a meeting. So if you have Gmail or Outlook and you want that, you can turn off your email dings, but keep your notifications on your calendar. 
for phone notifications, take email off your phone, or at the very least, don't put it on your main dock, that bottom bar on your phone. I use the Gmail app, and I make it really hard to find on my phone. Mm-hmm. Some people suggest taking email off your phone completely, and for me, that's how I communicate with a lot of people, and I need access to it, so it's just not realistic. So instead, I just make it harder to find, so I check less often. But when it was easy to click on and right near my home button, I was checking it all the time. So moving it has helped me a lot because I need to scroll through a bunch of apps just to find it. So just making it that much harder means I check email on my phone a lot less often. That's a great idea. And uh, tip number two is one that has really been helping me lately. Have scheduled check-in times for email and stick to it. You can check at lunch and at the end of the day. You can check before work and at lunch. But whatever you do, do not check it consistently throughout the day whenever you have a spare minute. That is your monkey brain pushing you along, so resist. It'll drive you crazy and you'll get off task. I speak from experience. If you are feeling like emails are getting you really off track, designate one period of time during your day to emails and keep to the plan. If you run out of time to respond to something, let that person know you've read their email and when they can expect to hear back. People will understand and you'll be able to manage your email time. So, Sari, how often are you checking your email now and is it regular or does it vary from day to day? So I usually check my email first thing and last thing that I do in the day. But sometimes I have to send a quick email in the middle of the day to check on something And that can be hard to not get distracted by the inbox, but I try my best. Yeah, that's good. I I do think you're better at this step than I am. (laughs) I have a lot to learn. Uh, I've not had any luck with only checking at certain times, but I've had better luck with having one scheduled time a day in the morning to deal with urgent emails and then shutting my email, which is our next tip. So tip number three is scan for urgent emails first. When you first check your email, so that first email check of the day, skim through them all and only open the ones that appear to be urgent or time sensitive. Leave the rest for your second email check later in the day whenever you've decided that will be. Right. It's like you're filtering out the important and urgent emails from the unimportant emails that can wait a little longer or sometimes don't even need to be responded to. Yes. Just open the things that will impact that day's schedule. Or if that doesn't work for you, a no email before lunch rule works for some people, but I can't make that happen. So when I check that urgent email check, things I open first are an email from a supervisor, something from a parent or a current client, But things I don't open on that first check, things that are just normal day-to-day announcements or whatever, I don't open those at all during my first email check of the day. The important part is that you only respond to things that need responses ASAP. Think of it as your emergency check. There are just too many other things you need to do in a workday. Don't spend all morning in your inbox. This has been a huge time and bandwidth saver for me since I started doing it. 
I also get a lot of blanket emails I can delete without opening and recommend that you don't open an email you know is spam or irrelevant. I mean, we absolutely need to be careful with this, but an example is I do get regular emails from ReadWorks, which is a great reading website, but if the subject line isn't interesting, I'll just delete it without opening it and move on. And here's a fourth tip. Don't respond to emotionally charged emails right away. If you get an email that is stressful in a way that makes you feel defensive or angry, it may be better to pause a minute before replying to make sure you've returned to a calm state before addressing the issue in the email. You might get an email from a boss, a coworker, or client, or family member that could be aggressive or rude or accusational. And while those feel urgent, it's more important that you take care of yourself than to give an immediate response. Sometimes taking a minute to pause gives everyone time to calm down and come up with a more rational plan to solve an issue too. Mm. Yes, I love that advice, Sari. I used to respond to those emotional emails quickly because they seemed important and urgent. Mm -hmm. I now usually give it some time for things to calm down before I respond. I just think replying right away does no one any good. Now, I don't always use that rule. Sometimes you need to deal with it right away or email back and say, I've heard you, let's talk about this soon. And you know, only you can make that call. But many times it's best to let it simmer and calm down. Right. It's good for the other person too, because a lot of times they need to de-escalate as much as you do so they can deal with the situation more calmly and rationally together. And now... For a tip on keeping emotionally charged email or urgent email from getting you too far off course, tip number five, add other people's requests of your time via email to your to-do list and don't respond to them right away. Here's what I mean. When you get an email asking you to do something, first figure out if you can do it. If it's part of your job and you need to do it, add it to your to-do list. Put it on your to-do list in order of priority. In other words, don't do other people's work first before you do your own just because you got an email about it. Clearly, if someone sends me an email and what they need is more urgent than what's on my to-do list, I will do that first. But often, whatever was emailed to me is fourth or fifth or sixth or even later on my (laughs) list. So it gets a slot and I will get to it, but it doesn't default to the first slot. Mm -hmm. It can be so tempting to try and take care of requests via email right away. But the thing is, we just have so much to do that we really do need to do the most important and most urgent things first. Right. Again, time management is what we're talking about here, specifically in regards to email. The key to not letting email take over your day too much is to use these strategies and prioritize your responses to make email more manageable as part of your workday. And our final tip, tip number six, is get off the email response carousel. Do you remember riding a carousel as a kid? Maybe you got the cool horse that moved up and down, or maybe the bench that didn't move, and you got all excited. (laughs) Well, as adults, we realize the carousel just goes around in the same loop over and over again. An email chain is the same way. Like the carousel, email is enticing. 
You think that if you are typing away and getting things done via email, you are accomplishing things. But guess what? If you've got your own work to do and you have a full to-do list, you're just going around the carousel loop over and over again when you're checking your email. In order to get your work tasks done, you need to step off the carousel and get to work, your own work. Email is an enticing distraction, but it's a distraction nonetheless. Right, so here's one way that the carousel goes round and round. When you check email throughout the day and reply to it throughout the day consistently, it not only is a huge time suck for you, but it makes more work for you. Remember that email you responded to at 8 a.m. and then again at 9 a.m.? Now that's a huge email chain of information that you have to respond to and is increasingly making more and more tasks for you. So yes, email can be great for resolving quick questions, but when you respond right away, the other person does too, and then in one day you have 15 emails when you really just wanted one. Sometimes waiting is a good thing. Sometimes taking the conversation out of email is an even better thing. And as SLPs, a lot of our email is problem-solving complicated scenarios. And it may not seem complicated to you because it's just part of the job, but it really is. And email isn't a good place for complicated conversations. Mm -hmm. The whole point here is to keep those back and forth email chains out of your inbox whenever possible. Sometimes they keep going as a part of a group conversation and they are unavoidable and you can't control that. But when you can, nip it in the bud when you see those types of emails mm -hmm. coming. But there are so many different types of email chains that go on and on. So let's talk about the most common ones and how to nip them in the bud. So these are types of emails you should try and get out of your inbox whenever possible because they will have that snowball effect and turn into a million replies or reply-alls. That's terrible. Uh, it really is. Those emails take so much time and confusion to read through so many responses and get everyone on board. Mm -hmm. So what types of emails should you be wary of? The first type of email to be wary of is the scheduling email. <laughs> so when can you make that meeting? When can we do that phone call? Keep that out of your email inbox. You'll have tons of responses, and it's just not an effective way to schedule anything and creates way too much email. Yes. Scheduling shouldn't be a back-and-forth email chain. It can take forever and be stressful trying to manage that communication. So Sarah and I talk more about scheduling options in our show notes, and uh, there are online options available, or the good old in-person scheduling works too. The important thing is, email is not an effective scheduling tool. So whatever your effective scheduling tool is, a scheduling software program, picking up the telephone, walking over to that person's office, do it and keep it out of email. Beyond keeping scheduling conversations out of your inbox, we should also try and keep emotion out of our inbox. We talked about that in tip number two, but I just wanted to add that if you have some heavy emotions in your inbox, beware. Do you have emotion in your inbox, whether it's from a client, boss, or a coworker? I would also suggest that in general, nothing good will come 
from trying to have an emotionally charged conversation via email. Again, pick up the phone or schedule a meeting. Trust me, there's just too much opportunity for missed communication and resentment when you have these conversations via email. Again, get it out of your inbox. Taking time to respond gives you new perspectives and solutions and allows you time to reflect. Again, referring back to our tips, keep emotion out of your inbox. Emotional email chains are another type of email to monitor and avoid. Mm -hmm. Yes, an emotional email chain would be exhausting on a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. So another dreaded email chain is the big project email chain. Organizing a deadline that's a big project, like a new evaluation, that has multiple elements that needs to be organized between team members. When this happens, email is not a system to organize this. Instead, have a checklist or a task management system through paper or some sort of electronic option so everyone knows what they're doing. Email is not for task management. There are lots of options out there, but the idea is you have a checklist of the process that might be shared and everyone knows what their part is, and that becomes the template for the next time around. Separate out the work when it's called for, and then get down to it. Yes. So an example of a task that would need a work system in the schools would be like an initial evaluation for a student with suspected autism, where there are lots of required components for several team members to complete. And in private practice, getting new clients on board requires a task management system for me. There are insurance checks to do and primary care providers to contact. There are so many steps that you'll miss out on them if there isn't a checklist or Mm -hmm. flowchart. Mm -hmm. I wanted to add, a lot of times project management doesn't actually include any client information. It's a list of tasks we do often enough that it's a process but not often enough that we can reliably remember all the steps. Mm -hmm. Just as an example, for the school setting, for an evaluation, you may need to get an assessment plan signed and then conduct the evaluation and then check in with team members to figure out what the eligibility will be. This is a list of steps. It's not necessarily specific to a client so much as specific to a series of steps you need communication on. Often it's like a resource you put check marks next to when you're done. So I know some people will be up in arms about privacy, which is understandable. But I did want to explain here that what we're talking about is what can be called standard operating procedure or SOP in the business world. It's a series of steps you can consult when a task has tons of steps and you want to make sure you're getting all the details right. It's about a process of steps, which isn't client-specific and doesn't necessarily include any client information, not about a specific client. Wherever you work, make sure your task management system is compliant with privacy standards if you use client information. But as we mentioned, there are lots of tasks we manage we don't need to put client information on at all, like having a sheet with the steps for an autism initial eval in the schools where you are just tracking the steps to a process. If you are wondering what a task management system is, Slack and Asana are used often, and many people use Google Docs or Google Spreadsheets to track steps for tasks that are done over and over again. That way you just check the sheet. It's helpful for us when we're doing a project with multiple steps, 
It's also helpful for knowing where team members are with their part of a shared project. You can share your task management system with others and see where they are in the process if needed. And to summarize all these things that should be kept out of your email inbox whenever possible, the main point in this tip is this. Email can be enticing because sometimes it seems like the quickest and easiest way to communicate something. The trick is to know when email isn't the best tool. Mm -hmm. There are times when keeping a conversation in email will actually make more work for you. Picking up the phone or scheduling a meeting can take more time in the short term, but you save time and energy in the long term. So Sari, let's make this real. We shared here what we've already tried to manage our own email, but let's take it one step further. So what are we going to try next? So this week, my email goals are going to be, first, to consolidate my five, yes, five email accounts into fewer email accounts. Specifically, since I have several jobs, I'd like all my work account emails, which is most of my email accounts, to go to the same place, to the same inbox. That's my first goal. My second goal is to either close email tabs so it's harder to check as often, or to have a certain number of times a day I check email or a certain length of time I'm allowed to check email so I don't get too off track or get carried away by other people's quote-unquote urgent business and just so I can do more of my own work. Wow, yes, uh, that will be really helpful for you if you can consolidate your five email accounts. Um, Okay, so my goal will be to stick to my plan of only checking my email twice a day and really sticking to that. Even if I have to send out another quick email in the middle of the day, I will resist the urge to check my inbox outside of those times. Mm -hmm. The tricky part is getting into your inbox, you know, in the middle of the day and not getting distracted Mm -hmm. and checking everything. So it's just that random reward thing. You never know if you'll get an awesome email or not. (laughs) So our monkey brains love that. Well, so we've covered a lot of territory and it's all been about email. Um, So we hope that by listening that you got some ideas about your own email inbox, or at least you could relate to our email struggles. Mm -hmm. We hope you found this episode helpful and we enjoyed creating this list and we really were thinking about our own email mistakes and what we wish someone would have told us. Yes, a lot of day-to-day things don't get talked about. And email is an everyday component of our work and our personal lives. So managing it with these tools will helpfully save you some time and stress. So there we go. That's our episode this time around. We hope you enjoyed the show. Wherever you are in your SLP journey, this job gets really real sometimes and we're right there with you. Let's figure this out together. By sharing our experiences and perspectives, we can become more connected to each other and more forgiving of ourselves. Let's navigate through these thorny issues together. As we do, remember you already know what you need to know to be an awesome SLP. This has been another episode of the SLP Happy Hour podcast. We hope this episode gave you some actionable steps to take to conquer your email inbox. If you like the show, please make sure you are subscribed 
so you can keep getting new episodes as they come out. Also, please consider leaving us a rating and review in iTunes so other people can find this podcast. And finally, if you know someone who needs to hear this conversation about email, please share it with them. We hope you enjoyed the show and that this was a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs> Finding a way to manage. <laughs> okay. I really want to get this. <clears throat> you got it. Empowering SLPs everywhere. Maybe close your eyes and I'll tap you when it's your turn. Okay. It's not your fault. I'm just super distractible. No, You're fine. doing wonderful. You are. An ideal partnership, and you are a rare and precious find. (laughs) And your brilliance is reflected back.